0: Welcome to the Cedarville Stories Podcast. If you visit Cedarville University's campus, you'll likely see a few people walking around with second-gen t-shirts. It's not uncommon for Cedarville grads to send their kids back to their own stomping grounds. While second or even third-generation students aren't strangers to campus, Hannah Dow marks the first-ever fifth-generation student to come to Cedarville. Listen as Hannah and her grandfather Mike share about their Cedarville legacy on the Cedarville Stories Podcast.
1: Thank you, Sarah, and hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's Cedarville Stories Podcast. I'm Mark Weinstein, and today on the podcast, you are in for a special treat as I'm talking with a grandfather and his granddaughter who is currently a freshman at Cedarville University. But what makes this story so meaningful is the history. Hannah Dow and her grandfather, Mike Stormont, bring to the conversation. I'm sure you've heard or know of a second- or third-generation Cedarville family. This is not unusual at Cedarville, but my guests today are part of a five-generation family that dates back to 1892, when Hannah's great-great-great-grandfather's uncle, John Calvin Stormont, was a member of the Cedarville Board of Trustees. We'll talk about this heritage in in detail Today on the program, but before we get into the story, I want to thank you for being a faithful listener to the Cedarville Stories podcast and for suggesting potential guests. We are getting closer to having fifty thousand downloads to the program since its inception three and a half years ago. That's an amazing accomplishment, and the podcast team thanks you for listening. With that said, let me welcome Hannah Dow and her grandfather Mike Stormont to this week's Cedarville Stories podcast. It's great to have you in studio.
2: Good to be here, thanks Mark. For having-
1: So it's quite interesting to have a five generation family connected to Cedarville University and to be able to unpack this lineage today on the program. Let me briefly outline the family tree as best I can and let you guys fill in some gaps. So it all started with John Calvin Stormont, the uncle of of Hannah's great, great, great grandfather who served on the board of trustees from 1892 to 1911, starting just five years after the founding of Cedarville College. Then Hannah's great-great-great-grandfather, J. Harold Stormont, served as Cedarville's first vice president from 1912 to 1916. Agnes Stormont, a cousin, was at Cedarville in 1903. Mike's grandparents, Merrill and Louisa, attended Cedarville, with Louisa graduating in 1919. Further, Collins Hall was named in honor of Andrew Collins, whose granddaughter was Charlotte, and she is Mike's mom. Andrew is also Hannah's great, great, great grandfather. Finally, Rebecca Stormont married Brandon Dow, Hannah's parents, who both graduated from Cedarville University in 2001. And today, Cedarville is blessed to have Hannah in the largest student body in the Cedarville University history. So, Mike, that's a very impressive family tree that's been connected with Cedarville University for a very long time. What's your earliest recollection of this lineage?
2: Mark, I... I didn't really understand it much in my younger years and and maybe even in my married years when when my daughter Becky came, uh, I started to understand that and it really came to light when Becky and Brandon and Hannah came to school and they started talking about second and third generation students and how big a thing that was. And we started thinking, and it's like, well, there's more generations here than two or three. <laughs> So we really kind of started unpacking it, so to speak, uh, at that point in time. Um, so, uh, growing up, you know, this wasn't a big deal for me. And, uh, I, don't, uh, so, uh, uh, it became, came to light much later.
1: It's really, it's really interesting to follow the lineage as you have outp- outlined, uh, in research that you provided us. And, um. It's, it's quite remarkable to make the Stormont connection with Cedarville even longer, which we can, when the family members who did not attend Cedarville but worked at Cedarville, the, the generations goes seven generations.
2: Yes, that's true. And that was something that was a total revelation to me. I didn't know that until the last few months when Brendan Rowland, the writer of the, uh, the article that appeared right. on the Cedarville website, um, uh, he was the one that discovered that. And then we got Lynn Brock involved and, and Lynn was digging through the trustee meeting minutes, and he was finding these reference to Stormont names. And, and yeah. so that was, that was a, a fun time of discovery for me too..
1: Yeah, And now your da- granddaughter, Mike Hannah, as I said, is a freshman at Cedarville University and continuing continue in the Stormont Dow legacy at, at the University. Hannah, did you grow up thinking that you would attend Cedarville University?
3: Yes. in in most ways, yeah. Um, it was always the forefront. Like those are the memories that my parents have. So those are the stories that I grew up hearing. So that's yeah. just what I thought of as a traditional college experience. And that's what I wanted.
1: Well, you just probably maybe answered my next question, but let me see if there's any more deeper uh, information. So what were some of the key reasons that helped you decide to come to Cedarville? Obviously, the family heritage was huge, but yeah. you have to go to a college that has your major and is a fit for you. So what, what did you see in Cedarville that said, I need to go there?
3: In addition to just hearing all of the experiences from my family, it was close to family, and I knew that they had the background of building each student's relationship with Christ in a way that I felt I could come and not have to be on guard in ways that some other Christian colleges are kind of in the dorms. We like to call them Jesus flavored. So Uh like Cedarville was centered around Jesus as opposed to like they incorporated it in everything as opposed to it just being like a little part of it. And that was really important. That was the biggest part for me.
1: Okay. And so as you were thinking about going to college, as you're in your high school years, I would think there could be some pressure put onto you. You know, your parents went to Cedarville. Your grandparents went to Cedarville. Your great, great, great grandparents went to Cedarville. Did you feel pressure to come?
3: Honestly, no. That's probably the biggest question. But honestly, like not finding out that we had so many generations until the drive up here, it wasn't really a lot of pressure. It was just my parents and my grandparents that I knew of or that I focused on. So it wasn't a ton of pressure and my parents never pressured me to go. So it was, it was definitely a freeing decision to be like, Oh yeah.
1: And it was your decision.
3: Yeah.
2: It's interesting, Mark, to see how God has worked this out. You know, I'm I'm relating to you and Mm -hmm. uh, a lack of knowledge of this as she's deciding to come and uh, to see how God has weaved down through here with the two different families and, and, and now in, um, basically my family, uh, my wife having attended here and, and that being the line that comes through, it's it's just interesting to me to look at this chart that we have in front of us here and just yeah. see how God worked to, to make that happen.
1: So as the Lord worked this out and she made the decision to come to Cedarville, Mike, did you have any reservations of her coming? I know you wanted her to be close to you, but were there any issues of, because maybe unintentional pressure?
2: No, I think as Anna has explained, I I don't think there was any undue pressure. It's just uh, she saw this as an opportunity to be at a good school, and it had the uh, uh, major that she was looking for, exercise science, and she's been through that kind of a journey in that respect as well, but... Certainly, uh, having her here is something that I was—I've been looking to forward to for a long time. We've never lived in the same area, and we visited, you know, two or three times a year, but never been together. So this is something that's been a real blessing.
1: So, in an interview that you did with Brendan Rowan mm-hmm. uh, from Cedarville's public relations team, Hannah, you mentioned that you come from a military background. Mm-hmm. So moving around the country was commonplace for you. Maybe you felt like you didn't even know where home was. But in this interview, you said this, and I quote, my family legacy wouldn't have continued so long if Cedarville wasn't home. What did you mean by that statement?
3: Cedarville is the one place in the entire country that I've always had ties to. Whether I've, well, we've always moved around, so it's never, I don't have a place where I can go back to other than Cedarville where things haven't changed, like people haven't left all of, if I go back to other places around the country, yeah. those people are gone or things have changed, yeah. but Cedarville is still the same, the same people are here and yeah. now more family has come back and so it's, it's just the one place that's home.
1: Yeah, so I'm curious, where have you all, where have you lived?
3: I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I okay. moved to Enid, Oklahoma, and then to Charleston, South Carolina, Dover, Delaware, San Antonio, Texas, and then uh, Fairview Heights, Illinois, and now to Cedarville.
1: So you, your parents now live in Illinois? Correct. Okay, so um, what was it like uh, changing schools almost every year?
3: I only attended actual school until about third grade, and we were going to move halfway through my fourth grade year, so my parents pulled me out and homeschooled me. So I've been oh. homeschooled for the past however many years that is.
1: It's a lot of years. So so obviously Cedarville is home, and I have a follow-up question to that. But other than Cedarville, where is the one place you live that you connect most with today? San Antonio. Why is that? The church. Tell me about it.
3: It was the pastor. While well, the church itself was big. The pastor made an effort to get to know each family. Like he took us out on his sailboat. So there are just like memories that I have of genuinely yeah. connecting with good community and getting to know people, that's probably where I have the most mentors is probably the biggest connection I have.
1: Yeah. So, um, are most of your friends Cedarville students now, or do you have friends from various parts of the country?
3: I have friends all over the country now. What, well, most of the friends that military kids tend to make friends with are military kids. So we've dispersed again through multiple years of them moving some more too. So they're not necessarily in the same place, but I still have friends yeah. I'm still in contact with all those people.
1: And we did a story of, uh, earlier this uh, this past year of um, several current Cedarville students who grew up in the military and they were all together in a certain area as infants and toddlers mm-hmm. and now they're all at Cedarville. <laughs> Unbe- unbeknownst to them that they were all going to come to Cedarville. Mm-hmm. It was a really interesting story.
2: You have some of that too, don't
1: you? Yeah.
3: Um, my parents, friends, all of Their circle of friends, their kids have all come back. So I've gotten to meet people that I've only ever gotten their Christmas cards, but like I've gotten their Christmas cards for as long as I can remember. So it's just the next generation of all the parents, friends. Now the kids are coming back.
1: So how is that a confirmation in your mind? Not only you picked the right school because of academics, but it's the right school because this is where the Lord wanted you to come.
3: Yeah, I think it's it's too big of a coincidence for that many kids to come back and to have the same reasons for coming back. Yeah,
2: I think it's a testimony to what the university is, and uh, the fact that the kids want to come to where their parents were. Yeah, they see the benefit of that. But Uh, it's
1: but it's more than just because my parents went here. It's because we're a Christ-centered institution that offers something that a lot of places aren't offering. Yes,
2: that's mm-hmm. part of the benefit As I as I was thinking, yes, that's uh, uh, something that, uh, is a, that's, that's the biggest part of it, I think, and how, how God is working through this educational experience.
1: Yeah. So, Hannah, uh, you've recently completed your first semester mm-hmm. at Cedarville. How has Cedarville truly become home to you?
3: There are people that I didn't know here But that my parents knew and I've encountered them like through my first semester, just running into them and just already having a built in support system and having people that like my parents trusted. So like I, I know that I can go talk to them about not necessarily matters about school, but if I'm struggling in something, they are there to go and talk to not as just professors, but as people and people who care about you.
1: And what are some of the, your favorite um, things about Cedarville that you've experienced as a student?
3: The on-campus things like the experiences that they set up are very well done in that they force you to meet people when you're jumping into a season of life where you you don't know anybody, you're not coming with anybody. and right. So, you have to get out there and meet those people, and they recognize that that's a very hard thing to do you're You're in a part of the country where you you haven't lived for so
1: yeah so as are you a uh, are you a people person are you a introvert extrovert oh
3: goodness, but it's completely changed at college. If you had met me before high school or before college, I was a complete introvert, like I had a group of five people that I liked spending time with, and that was it. But coming to college, I, it's been a complete change. I'm definitely an extrovert now. I love hanging out with people and like seeing people in chucks and just waving and like stopping and talking. I've never talked to so
2: many people in my life.
1: Right. Have you seen that change in your granddaughter, Mike?
2: Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, we've had the, her uh, unit mates over just this last weekend and seeing them interact with one another it's been a, it has been, that was a pretty cool experience and, seeing her working at Chick-fil-A and of course I didn't, I've w- walked up a couple times or once in particular here. She worked at Chick-fil-A back in St. Louis areas and, uh, but walking up there and seeing her in that mode, you know, she, here she is, she's working and being yeah. a Chick-fil-A employee. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's been neat to see her in what, that environment.
1: What's it like for a grandparent to see a grandchild grow up and, take responsibility and much what Hannah's doing right now.
2: Well, it's a, a source of pride for sure. You're going to get me crying here, Mark, if you're not careful. So.
1: Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we'll go down that path. I have a few more questions for you.
2: Okay. But it's also a reflection of her parents to yeah. see the, the work that they have done in, in uh, raising her. and um, But it is good to see it firsthand, and like I said earlier, that you know, this is the first time we've we've been in the same town. So uh, to be able to connect and 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 eat meals together, and go to church together, and go to prayer meeting together, and uh, those kinds of things, it's just been a, a great a great experience for me.
1: Yeah. So as we think, I think about the five generations. I'm just curious, uh, Mike and Hannah, are there? Um... Are there future children coming to Cedarville through your line that's going to raise this generation (laughs) to six and maybe seven? Is there anything on the horizon? I don't know how old your grandchildren are.
2: Well, she's got three sisters at home that are also homeschooled still. Okay. So Becky, my daughter, has uh, homeschooled all four of them except for Hannah's three years. Uh, But there are three more coming. And with Hannah coming and being able to be in Cedarville, which I think all of them kind of think of the way Hannah does, And um, so, yeah, there's a good possibility that there might be some more. My sons, who's all my son, older son, who graduated in 2003, I think. uh, He has a couple of daughters that I don't know if they'll be here or not. Actually, four daughters total, and I don't know if any will end up here or not. But and then I have another grandson, so I got four, eight granddaughters, and one grandson. Uh, the most likely candidates at this point in time and coming to Cedarville are Hannah's siblings.
1: Okay. Well, I hope they come. <laughs> so, Hannah, you are currently in the spring semester of your freshman year, and uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but maybe there's more. Um, you only have 11 weeks before the semester ends. Mm-hmm. Um, what have been some of your personal highlights to your freshman year at Cedarville University? Whether it's... Whether it's academics, whether it's activities, whether it's just spending time with your grandfather, you know, what are some of your personal highlights?
3: Yeah, I think one of the top ones is definitely living in a same place with family, not even five minutes down the road. That's, that's never happened to me before. Like being able to just call him and being like, I'm having a hard time. I need, I need to be with you and he'll come and he gets me and I can have that time away and just have that, that support that I know is there. That's never been something that I've had before, so I've loved having that. Um, definitely unit mates has been a huge thing. That was something that all of us have talked about, being nervous, just meeting one another, but the memories and the connections that we've been able to make with one another have yeah. truly, even through freshmen, like the fall semester, that was something that my parents stressed, not stressed, but um, showed the importance of, and yeah. Maybe that was the most pressure I felt was finding those friends right at the beginning that, you know, all my parents' stories have revolved around their friends from Cedarville. And so that was probably the biggest pressure I felt in coming was, am I going to find those friends? And my fall semester definitely found some of those people.
1: And it was fairly easy for you?
3: Oh, yeah. Unit unit style helps with that.
1: It are close,
3: especially in printy.
1: Yeah. This may seem like a crazy question, but... Um... You know, being a you're still a freshman. uh, Have you given thought to three more three years down the road? What how you want to use your education uh, professionally or personally?
3: Yeah, Um, I would love to be a physical therapist. So I'm I'm looking seven years down the road after graduate school. So I love the idea of helping people, and I love anatomy. So those two things go together for me. So I love the idea of being able to incorporate not only physical healing but incorporating um spiritual like tying in those things that's just such a perfect way and that's how my brain works to share the gospel is like pointing out physical ailments and then tying it into scripture or things that god has to say about it
1: share with us um your spiritual journey and when you met jesus
3: oh now you're going to get me crying um i was 3 So, super early, and that that plays a big part in my walk with Jesus. Um, I think I was living in South Carolina at the time, and Ma, um, Patty Stormont, she was visiting for um, the birth of my next youngest sister, and um, my mom was still recovering, so she was staying with us, and she decided to take me out to a park for the day, um, being... Being the oldest, you kind of, you don't want to feel, she didn't want me to feel neglected Right. with the first edition of A Sibling, so she took me out to a park, and uh, we played for a couple of hours, and we were on a swing, and she was, she just out of nowhere asked me what I, what I thought about Jesus, or what I knew about Jesus, yeah. and we got to talking, and um, she asked me if accepting Jesus was something that I would like to do, and, um, Whether it was saying yes because it was Ma and how much I loved her and wanting to make her happy or truly understanding, I think I did recognize that that was something that I needed to do. So Ma was the one who led me to Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that I was such a young age played a huge part into, in later years, causing doubt and did I really understand or um, things like that. but. I think once I got to high school, I realized that it's not that I necessarily needed to understand the whole picture. I just needed to understand that I couldn't, I couldn't live the way that God wanted me to without him. Yeah. So high school was, high school was rough at those first times with struggling with the doubt, but there were definitely people that God placed in my life that helped me with that and knew the perfect words to say. Yeah. So
1: that's a cherished memory. Uh, not just obviously, knowing when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, but knowing that your grandmother had a had a mm-hmm. pivotal role in it. And as her grandparents, both Mike and his late wife, Patty, who passed away from COVID in September of 21, they invested their lives into you, Hannah,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and all the grandchildren. In addition to, from a spiritual perspective, it's my understanding that they both... Would homeschool you remotely? Yeah. Patty would teach reading to you, Hannah, and your siblings. And you today, can. Mike teaches your siblings math. Right. Mike, why is it important for you to continue teaching your grandchildren, just as Patty did?
2: Uh, well, we and it was it was a great experience to do that together. We'd be sitting there together, and she'd be over in one chair reading, and I'd be off at a desk. Doing math and 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 just sharing that experience was was really uh, uh, good. Uh, connecting to each other as well as with the kids. You know today's technology and Facetime and and I'm I'm seeing the kids every day, uh, every weekday, nearly, and uh, just having that opportunity to interact. And it, it was neat to hear. You know, Patty'd be reading, but um, after the story, then she'd be talking. Right. And to hear that interaction was just a, a precious, a precious thing that yeah. uh, I guess in that respect, I'm trying to carry on a little bit.
1: Absolutely. And you are carrying on. And it. as the tears are, are flowing, it has to be really meaningful to you, Hannah, and your siblings, but also to your mom and dad, and and just the investment that your grandparents ha- mm-hmm. are putting into your lives, how meaningful is it for you? Mm-hmm. When, when you think back to your, your grandmother, and now your grandfather.
3: With My grandma specifically. I didn't ever actually do reading with her, but okay. um, I would poke in before they would start reading so that I could tell her my stories first. And it was always a bone of contention who got to tell mom their stories first. Um, but that was one way that ma, ma showed her love, um, was with the quality time. And with her not being able to be there, like in Mm. person, we did, we talked every day. Ma knew everything about my life. Wow. She knew the names of my friends. She knew what exams I was nervous about, not from maybe even hearing it from me, but just picking up. Cues, like she could pick up cues that I was nervous over FaceTime. So she knew every detail about my life. So when, I don't think I really appreciated how often I got to talk to her until I couldn't anymore. Right. So there are times where I, I just call her voicemail just to tell her my story still. So right. and the impact that that made in just being able to share life with her yeah, was When I say she was my best friend, she was. She was? Yeah.
1: And you know what? Uh, Going forward, your your grandparents, your parents too, but your grandparents uh, specifically have established a great foundation for you, a great platform Mm -hmm. for you going forward. And uh, I trust that as you get older, you graduate, you get married, if you have kids, that you follow that same legacy of... Investing into your kids and grandkids, mm-hmm. as you as you have seen from your your grandparents. Yeah does it does it bring you extra meaning now knowing that Patty's not with you to be building into your grandkids' lives lives now.
2: Um, I think it's uh, I don't know if there's extra meaning, but there's uh, certainly the the significance is great. I see it. Uh, it's nice to be able to look at things objectively enough and, and see what's going on. Um, uh, thinking of Patty's impact on the kids, right? Uh, particularly, and uh, uh, it's <clears throat> yes, that's that's uh, like I said earlier that that's something that I want to do as well. And uh, but I'm not the same personality Patty was. So, uh,
1: so, are you more that, reserved?
2: I think a little more reserved and and less aware. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she just knew she knew what was going on. Right. And uh, I'm I'm trying to learn to, to be a little more that way, but um, yeah, it's 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 neat to see how God uses families. And here's a nuclear family that fortunately we've had. Many years to be together, many right. years to uh, uh, grow together. And uh, we certainly are thankful for those. And, uh, uh, but it's neat to see how God uses that nuclear family uh, and then, you know, in, into the next generations as well. It's been a great, great thing to witness and see and be a part of. Yes.
1: Well, just from our time here in the podcast studio, I can tell the great depth of love that you guys have. And and just with each other and the family, and uh, I, I'd encourage the um, the listeners. You know, if if you think of the Stormons and the Dials and this whole family, you know, just pray for them right now. Uh, you know, the the emotions are still raw with um, with Hannah's grandmother passing in September a year ago, and understandably so. And Christmas was a hard, probably a, a difficult time coming out of that without her, uh, with their celebration. So. Um, you guys just are a cherished, uh, cherished family, so I encourage our listeners to to pray for you. Uh, as we move toward the closing of the program, You know, not only you, do you know you're loved by your grandfather and your parents, but Hannah also has a very proud aunt at Cedarville University and Nancy Ritchie, who has taught in the School of Business for 10 years. She's an adjunct professor. Uh, do you get any opportunities to stop by your aunt's office and have downtime conversations with her or... Or are you just too busy?
3: Oh goodness, no. I haven't stopped by her office yet, but <clears throat> she comes by the dorm and she'll pick me up and we'll go to dinner before prayer meeting or um her favorite thing is baking cookies. So she has been delivering plates of cookies to us nice. through Yeah. It's it's been it's been very nice. What's your favorite cookie? Oh goodness, of hers? Yeah. Ooh her sugar cookies. She went between two different recipes over Christmas, so I got a double portion of trying out those sugar cookies.
1: So it's nice to have an aunt close by too.
3: Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> and there's just, two aunts, oh. two two aunts, two uncles too here, so there's a lot of family around, yeah. so that makes it special. My sister is in town. Okay. Her husband, my son, uh, Hannah's uncle.
1: Yeah, and and Nancy is a a um I'll say a big fan of the Cedarville stories podcast. She's often sending me notes of encouragement and how much she enjoys certain podcasts. And uh, she's really looking forward to hearing this one. Okay. I hope she's pleased. So Mike, uh, how, as we, as we wrap up, how have you seen Hannah develop personally, academically and spiritually as a result of being a student at Cedarville university?
2: One of the things that, uh, that we've experienced together here is going to prayer meeting on Wednesday nights there at Grace Baptist, and um, um, you know, we invited her. My son and I, Josh and I, invited her to come with us, and we go out to eat, uh, like Hannah said beforehand, and then we head down to prayer meeting. and And I, this is this is, a, <clears throat> pardon me for saying, but it's kind of a bunch of old people. Sure, <laughs> going to prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. It's not something that. Um, Tracks a whole lot of younger people. As uh, that's not quite true. There are some others that are Hannah's age, and and uh, forgive me for, uh, I don't want to mischaracterize that. But the majority are older folks, and and so I keep telling Hannah, I said, so you really want to come tonight? And yeah, I want to be there, and and um, so just that alone, her desire to be involved in that kind of an activity, uh, her connection with. Um, some of the folks there that are older, um, is neat to see, you know, even when Aunt Nancy's not there for her to pray with and others, uh, uh, some of the other, uh, senior women come and, and invite her to pray and she's not at all reluctant to go pray with folks that she really doesn't know. And, and yeah. so that's been fun to watch. Uh, we've talked about, uh, before the broadcast here that, She's doing pretty good on her grades for this semester, so we're very proud of her. Yeah, sounds like that. She came (laughs) over over. one weekend and said, "Papa, I need to, uh, I need to work on some papers." So she needed to get away a little bit. So she spent, you know, six hours on a Saturday and then four more hours on the Sunday uh, there at the house, and just to see her working away. which I, you know, I didn't have that opportunity firsthand before. So right. here it is, seeing it, and it's, it's good to see how she's applies herself and works hard. It's it's a neat thing.
1: And I know you're going to take advantage of it, but I also know that the four years is going to go by very quickly.
2: So. <laughs> yes, they are. We're very, I'm, I'm very well aware of that. I think Hannah is, too, that, you know, these these years, they zoom by. And uh, certainly as a dad, we've seen that with our own kids, and now we see it again with grandkids and it, you don't spend, you don't stay in one place for very long. It just no, keeps going. That's right. And it's neat to see uh, each one of them coming along Yep. that process. So Hannah, I want to bring the
1: conversation full circle. And this is my last question to you. So I know the Cedarville of today is vastly different in size and infrastructure from the early 1900s when your great, great, great grandfather and uncles uh, were here. Do you ever pause while you're walking on campus or doing studies or whatever you're doing on campus and think back about your long heritage with family here at Cedarville. And so if, if so, what what thoughts come to mind?
3: Yeah, I think trying to imagine it the way that it was, because I don't I don't really have a frame of reference for what it used to look like. But even just having pictures from when my parents were here to see how much it's changed, like stopping right. to look um, on the bridge between the BTS and the yeah. DMC, just it, that entire view has completely changed. and um, pictures that my dad used to take for my mom of the sunsets are completely different. So stopping to just imagine and try to think through the paths that other students used to walk, like how is it how is it any different or how how is their daily life any different than mine? But yeah, it is it's cool to think about.
2: As we have communicated this fifth generation thing to family members, One of my cousins uh, asked or posted, made a comment to my post that said, uh, just imagine what it was like to be in the fields all day long, working with the horses, whatever you're doing, bringing in the hay or planting or whatever. And then at the end of that day, needing to come in for a trustee meeting, whether it's high school or college, hitching the horses up, getting them back on the wagon, getting on the road, and I think of, because I live on Wilmington Road, which is right between uh, Cedarville and where my family farm was, to think of them driving in and, and uh, arriving here on horses, however long that took, right. uh, and compared to what it's like today with uh, driving around. And here we are in five minutes. We're, we're where we want to go. Uh, the dedication to, uh, to pursue that, uh, pursue that work. Beyond the the normal work, is is just a, a neat thing to think about. Yeah. Uh, family members doing that and yeah. and prioritizing that enough to do that for twenty years for John Calvin, right? And, and four or five or six years, I think it was for my great grandfather, John Harold, uh, um, just to see them uh, prioritize that is, is a, it's a neat a neat thing.
1: Well, I am blessed and our listeners are blessed with the opportunity to hear your story today. And I just want to thank you for coming into the studio and, and sharing it with our listeners on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Thanks. For, thanks very much.
2: You're very welcome.
0: Mark. Yes, thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider and connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.